0: Hello, I'm Sarah Hughes. I'm a writer from the Northeast and I'm so happy to welcome you to the Woman Up podcast. This podcast is Worky Ticket Theatre's response to the global COVID 19 pandemic, which highlights Northeast women's stories through a series of audio plays and real life interviews. This exciting project will create a history, actually, let's make that a her story, to add to our heritage in the Northeast. So, that now and in the future, Northeast women's stories of the pandemic will be heard through our podcast series. These podcasts contain adult themes and some strong language. I reckon we should kick this off by just letting people know why and how this whole project came about. So, Jojo, do you want to?
1: Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, so we were struggling <laughs> to think of ways that we could create theatre. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was pregnant and worried about the future of work. ticket mm-hmm. is, is the kind of bottom line to this at yeah. first, and exploring different ways. And, and then I, I know I, I kind of got in touch with you and said, oh, I really like what you're doing. Mm-hmm. and um, should we have a little chat about the good thing is thought and maybe do a podcast? or And then also me and Lindsay were talking about this idea of woman up and did we have to woman up and crack on mm-hmm. during the pandemic? And I kind of thought maybe we could make plays <laughs> and create a podcast. Yeah. Um, that was my initial kind of thought around it.
2: And... It was all
0: quite vague at the beginning, wasn't it? We were just chucking ideas around and we kept coming back to this idea of of the podcast and how we could kind of tell stories of what people were going through at the time. And I think then I
1: started researching articles online um, about women during the pandemic. I literally just Googled it to see, it, you know, cause obviously at, at the time I was really struggling myself, I was pregnant, I was going through a really bad time, maternity wise, having a lot of things restricted for me. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking if I'm struggling, what is it like for, you know, globally women? What is it like for, you know, the country? And also then I was thinking about the Northeast, was it like regionally for the women in the Northeast? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was part of this maternity group. And lots of women were like crying online and saying I don't know what I'm going to do and missing midwife appointments and I kept thinking that's a story there and yeah. you know am I ready to
0: tell that story though? And- I felt like it was a time that every woman you spoke to had a story and in a way that was quite a nice thing you know everyone had their own even if it was really difficult and people were struggling which the vast majority of people obviously were everyone had their own kind of tale to tell. Yeah yeah.
1: I mean, the, the homeschooling situation was, it was a mess as well mm-hmm. and everybody was stressing about that. And I thought, well, there's a story there, but do people want to hear that? Because there was a lot of kind of backlash about that too. Yeah. Um, And then I came across this report that the UN were, were, were doing. In April 2020, that sort of had a few findings about it. Um, And I think it was December 2020, they published the report. And it just shocked me. Uh, just, you know how much, like, women had lost during the pandemic and yeah. and how the inequalities of women had been exacerbated and highlighted and it just, uh, that sort of then triggered off, hang
0: on a minute, we really need to do something about yeah. this, Yeah, you know. And I think pretty quickly, although we're honed in on that podcast idea, you and Work Your Ticket wanted to make it part of a, a kind of a wider body of work
1: it actually started off by thinking a film didn't it Lindsay we were like should we do a film um, and then because I, I don't really you know I didn't really know much about podcasts even though I'd listened to lots yeah, during the pandemic because yeah. that was a conversation we'd had and it's there like oh mm. I've been listening to this podcast
0: and I've been yeah. I mean I was listening to one about Greece too <laughs> I, mean, I loved it I don't know what you're laughing I at I mean there's <laughs> nothing about true crime that I don't know <laughs> in both this country it, it and really got Australia
1: it, yeah <laughs> listen to that one too yeah. um but yeah so there's all that going on in my head but yeah um so it started off as oh should we do a film I think what do I know about films and yeah. I know that sounds mad at people who probably don't know kind of the know the, the think that if you're a writer you can write a film but yeah that's just beyond my capabilities if you like well you thought it was <laughs> yeah true, true. it wasn't, true, true. It wasn't. True. so um I started to apply for money for yeah. a film we got a little bit of a pot of money from Comic Relief um, to make a film. But that is more kind of like fighting for gender justice is the theme of that.
0: Um, and yeah. Before we go on to that, yeah. will you just for anybody who isn't familiar, I mean, how dare they not be. <laughs> but anybody who's not familiar with Worky Ticket, what is your ethos and what uh, what have you previously done? Lots of stuff so far in
1: the last three years. I was thinking about this the other day, Lindsay, we were talking about it, haven't we, a lot. This started off with just me thinking, I want to tell my story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in quite an abusive relationship and I, I wanted other women to take from that, that they could carry on and, um, you know, and tell my story, really. So, And then I started to think, I want to create a platform for other women to have their say. Um, so there's a lot of different things we started with here her role which was a project telling other women's stories and um, we've worked with female veterans um, and just before the, the pandemic we were working in Amble with a group of women there and they were um, kind of answering the question what do Northumberland women really want um, mm-hmm. and they actually got up and performed so there's kind of two different things that Work Your Ticket do that we, we you know we, put, we produce professional plays but then we also work in the communities with women and Mm -hmm. and retell their their real stories or get them
0: to retell their real stories yeah yeah making sure that women have a voice really which is mega important um so coming back to the podcasts we started to compile lists didn't we of the the people who we want to interview so who was on both of your wish lists who did you want to talk to and hear about
1: I think number one was definitely gonna be Elaine Langshaw yeah. sure from Newcastle Women's Aid.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and I, I just, you know, at that time, I was thinking who's gonna to want to talk? You know, because I know we're seeing every woman had a story, but you were we were all living it.
0: Oh yeah. You know, absolutely. and we were all in and some women possibly still don't want to talk about it. There's a lot of women I'm who sure. haven't wanted mm-hmm. to talk about what's
1: happened to them. Um and I hadn't really spoken to Elaine for a while, and I was just thinking, what is she going through like yeah. right now, like working with different women. Um. So she was definitely number one on my list of people that I wanted to interview.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Lindsay. Um. Well, I think we've mainly went through your list mm-hmm. of interviewees, haven't we? Um. Elaine, Women's Aid, obviously Elaine, definitely because obviously domestic abuse is kind of one of the um things that we sort of. Explore and interrogate quite a lot in our work, mm-hmm. and we work quite closely with Women's Aid uh, before. Like we have a close relationship yeah. with Women's Aid. um If unfortunately, because the nature of things at the time, I don't think we've had the time to interview all the voices, oh, especially with the stories.
0: Because yeah. um, we yeah. could have, we could have interviewed twenty people easily, couldn't yeah. we? After that first chat that that we had. It was funding as yeah. well. Yeah. Your, um... But we
2: got to hear a lot of voices through workshops. So although we exactly. didn't like, for instance, we didn't interview a friend of mine who works with um, crisis and mm-hmm. uh, street homeless people yeah. during the pandemic, yeah. we still had her in a workshop and got to hear her yeah. experiences. We did three three to four workshops with about 15 and 20 women in each one with yeah. a variety of diverse lived experiences and struggles yeah. through the pandemic.
0: I so feel like we've got Covered really... as many as we could. Yeah, definitely. Way. I feel like we've got a really broad...
1: Um, group, of, group yeah. of voices and like on top of the workshops we then sent out because we, we knew that people might be too busy or yeah. didn't want to talk that way so we were thinking what other ways can we get people to engage in this project and we came up with a survey Mm. Um, where women could then answer it anonymously, mm. so they didn't have to give their name, and they could, but they could if they wanted to.
0: We got some great responses Amazing. to that, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. and that sometimes what, that anonymity just frees you up. Yeah. I think too. there was some good rants. Yeah,
1: some good <laughs> some Geordie, Geordie rants on there. <laughs> yeah. rants. um, no, there's a lot of you know, a lot of really good material if you like, but really shocking things that had happened and uh, that we'd got from the surveys that people had said you know if you want to talk to us as well so there was a couple of women that had rang and said can i just ask you bits and pieces mm-hmm. as well yeah so yeah so that 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 was a survey then we did a kind of call out for a pandemic portrait yeah. so women could send in like a picture if they wanted to which is going to be included
0: in the film and then um, screams. Yes, tell us about the screams. Where did that idea come from and, and how has that developed? It was, because
2: uh, <laughs> yeah, was, was, uh, I'm always reading the like, um, sort of New York Times and articles. Um, and it was the New York Times that did um, this article called Primal Scream. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was in, in particular looking at sort of mothers, working mothers uh, in America and the mental health crisis that they were all, they were yeah. just all at breaking point, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, exhausted and overwhelmed and struggling and neglected and forgotten oh. about, you know. Yeah. Um that all uh, sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, And they were just... And also, I guess, through that, all that struggle, then feeling like a failure as a mother, because mm. um, obviously the capacity is just absolutely maxed out. Oh, as you absolutely. Well,
0: and, I, and I think that's still going on. I've just yeah. been, to go slightly off topic, I've just been away for a 40th birthday weekend with a lot of women and the the that is a massively common theme amongst the mothers that you know there's this kind of perception that we're all getting back to normal and the kids are back in school but it's like they've been hit by a train. Yeah. Um, there's no normal
1: anymore and I, I hear it when people say that oh we're getting back to normal. Actually yeah. we're not. You know, my, my best friend's daughter had COVID last week and that that's it. They all had isolate for ten days. Mm. That's it just she's, she's not at work. Yeah. You know, um and so I think I think we're kind of seeing Normal-er. It's a smoke screen, isn't it? They're yeah. so like, "Oh, we're getting back to normal," yeah. but actually, we're not because mm. it's, I'm still got it in that back of my mind. Is my
2: son going to come gonna in with COVID? Yeah, yeah, and that's
1: it. I'm, I, you know, who's going to. Look after the kids when I'm meant to be working, yeah. you know, those kind of things. But it was still kind
2: different. of like a moment of solidarity going, oh my gosh, mm. like over the pond, they are feeling exactly the same. Yes. I mean, excuse me, I'm not a mother, I can only draw and on, witness your experiences. You're to me, go on. <laughs> <laughs> and they did a so this article called Primal Scream and everything, like graphics layout, it was stunning. And it was just, um, it just cut through the noise. And they they created a t- like a, a phone line, like not a helpline where, there was a Samaritan or a councilor on yeah. the end. It was just a number. You could just dial up and just scream into the void, basically. But <sighs> they recorded it. Um, and so it was all these sound bites of just women screaming. And whether it was screaming or just crying, going, I feel like a terrible mother, I feel like I'm failing, or just, ah, just, you know, mm-hmm. really letting it out, even laughing, but also yeah. with rage, screaming. Um, and I was just like, Jojo, oh, look at this. This is, <laughs> like, exactly can fuel kind of what we're trying to do artistically because yeah. it was just it was just one of them mm. look at how they're doing it isn't it great yeah. um and just like yes we hear you over here
1: mm-hmm. i Let's, remember um, when you sent respond. me that and i remember listening to it because it was an like, it's like an interactive article where you just yeah. kind of press on you know the the, the buttons and you yeah. can hear people screaming and i was just crying thinking i feel the same i feel the same oh yeah Mm-mm. you know what
0: Well, that brings me quite nicely on because I was going to, I wanted to start to talk a little bit more broadly about how the pandemic has affected women and your thoughts on all of that. If we kind of cast our minds back, what feels like a million years ago now to the (laughs) the start of the pandemic or maybe even that like two, three week period Mm. before the lockdown came. I don't know about you, but that was the point where uh, my anxiety was off the chart. By the time the lockdown actually came, I was chilled. I was absolutely fine by that point. All my anxiety had really, really built up in the the, the kind of weeks leading up to it. But I remember thinking when that lockdown came, this is going to be the great leveller now. Everyone's going to be so poor by the end of this and everyone's going to have to pull together and... Obviously, I was incredibly naive and silly and optimistic, which is why I do things like set up. The good thing is, though, because I always am trying to look on the bright side. But what were your kind of overriding emotions and what were your concerns for women, particularly at that stage? You. Jumping.
1: Um, <laughs> I mean, personally, I had I I just found out I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I was in deep shock, Mm -hmm. thinking uh, not just because I found out I was pregnant, but um, I I didn't know what was going to happen. You know, Um, I I got a phone call off uh, the RVI saying coming for your scan a little bit earlier, and I was thinking, hey that's nice." Mm -hmm. But they were actually they were ahead of the game. They were ahead of the game. Bless them. Yeah, so I'd gone and get my scan. And like I said, before we were working in Amber with this group of women and, and they were doing this, it was for International Women's Day, this great play that they put on. And, and I, we were like still hugging each other because we're kind of, it, it's really hard to say this, but it's like, do you believe what Boris Johnson was saying? Really? You know, like, do you really? not? He's, you just you just didn't know, did you? So obviously like there's that going on, on my mind personally. Um, but as things started to lock down you see, it was the opposite for me, my anxiety started to get more and more yeah. and more because then these horrific stories were coming out of Ruth Williams mm-hmm. who was murdered five days at, yeah. you know, into the pandemic. I could say that women were losing their, their safety, their autonomy, their jobs, you know. Um, I was kind of hearing from not just my friends and family, obviously like I said, articles were coming um, into the media about kind of women. And what was happening to them across the world? You know, um, they weren't being educated. If you like, like I said, they were losing their jobs. They were being pushed to the the front lines without PPE. Yeah. You know, there was that that story of the woman, who the train ticket. She was oh. in London and she was spat on and she died.
0: And she <laughs> died. And died. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it was like kind of like, is that real?
0: That's that's. Yeah, so I ugly, mean that, that was definitely yeah. my kind of. I don't know if that is that like a self-protective measure, but that I just felt like it was just almost like a parallel universe. I kept that almost that grief, you know, g- g- grief. Mm. You know this when you wake up in the morning and for that split second, you've forgotten that it's happening and then it comes back and hits you again. I, I kind of was definitely experiencing that. What about you, Lindsay? What I, yeah, fears? I definitely had
2: uh, grief i was grieving for a while because it like oh, i remember that week before we went into the actual kind of stay home mm. lockdown for everyone i just lost all my work it came in like waves in one day in phone calls yes. and uh, at the end of the day i was like shell-shocked i was like everything's just stopped and my boss has told me not to come in not to come back here this art project's no longer going ahead and i was just like oh what's happening um so i didn't know like When I was going to work again, I was grieving because I am massively invested in my work. Mm -hmm. It's community, it's passion, it's creativity, it's helping others' voices. So I am, like, extremely invested and involved in my work. And I didn't know when I could get any of that back. So I was grieving that as as well as probably other things. Um, But it was definitely that kind of emotion. And then there was the fear from the start, unfortunately, Jojo and I knowing a bit about domestic abuse. We it was just instantly the fear. I was yeah. like, this is not. It's fair enough telling everyone to stay home, but what is home to mm. some people? And yes. it was just frustrating that no one was going. But or I understand it might not be good for some people. It was yeah. just like do your bit for everyone else. Stay home. And it, it took was no while consideration until... yeah. of how do we support people if home is not a safe space and as georgia mentioned then straight away you just start seeing you know murders of women again Mm -hmm. which and it was just frustrating because it was like we need to acknowledge this threat too um mm-hmm. which again just partially from where i come from this project i can feel my anger creeping into my <laughs> voice now like all that the, the the people who aren't safe you know always kind of the vulnerable voices and the people that we're, we're not looking after the yeah people. and they're the ones that yeah. are
0: so much harder to reach and hear mm-hmm. their voices and yeah i think I th- it took such a long time didn't it for them to put any of those safety measures in place I remember I, I would wouldn't like to say when I think it was a few weeks in before they kind of said you know you can leave your home if you are mm. being abused within the mm. home yeah. but that wasn't just a given for people didn't know at first no yeah. there was
2: talk about getting arrested if you went out you know when it was yeah. all like chaotic yeah. and it hadn't been sort of laying out the army were going to come in yeah and that. it's like what you're gonna get fined yeah and I think
1: you know, you think of the vulnerable people in society and I think of the people that I've worked in the past, young people, disabled people, the elderly. Yeah. You know, I just kind of went, right, I'm not saying me nana because I'm scared that I'm going to give her COVID. I never thought about her mental health. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And it, it's just like, I remember during a workshop, somebody actually said something along the lines of, um, I know it's been horrible for younger people, um, but they've got a future. What yeah. about the elderly in this country? They've either been, you know, being targeted, obviously, by coronavirus, they're dying, if you like, but then, or oh, they've been completely left. I mean, I was waving at me, Nana,
0: and she lives on her own, and she's in her 90s, and I'm like waving at her with a kids. I think that was part of the problem, wasn't it? That nobody has had a good deal out of this. Yeah. Um, and everybody kind of, I think, probably formed their. their quick natural response to a certain group maybe that you were more concerned about women or more concerned I personally was losing a lot of sleep over kids mm. from abusive homes yes. that was mm. the one that got me around the twist um but I think you know nobody came out of it as well as we could have hoped that they would um yeah, so I wanted to ask you, the name of this project is Woman Up and we've discussed this loads, obviously, between us. Um, this, Was it an impulse or was it an expectation on women to woman up and become more resilient? Did you feel that? I just remember this conversation me and Lindsay
1: had quite a few times because, you know, we were ringing each other nearly every day at one point because like, we were that worried and, and saying... I don't know if I can cope. And yeah. I, I, I really genuinely didn't think I could. You know, I was hormonal. I was homeschooling. You know, I was in a right state. I was obviously, like I said, I was worried about a lot of people in my family, my friends, and then this huge worry about, you know, what was happening to, to women in abusive relation, all that going on, worrying about people and that. And then I just think, I don't, do I have to? Like questioning that, like mm-hmm. for my own mental health you know, do, do you have to woman up? It's like that man up thing, isn't it? Man up, yeah. like, do we actually have to do that? And I know it's like a feminist kind of tag, isn't it? You get T-shirts with woman up on mm-hmm. and you, you kind of, you know, that's been the mantra that we've kind of like gone by, but was that mantra created for a pandemic,
0: yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's why there's a question mark, like. But know. I think as well, the concept of womaning up sounds like you've made a choice to be strong. And, you know, I've yeah, personally had people say to me, oh, my God, I can't believe you set that charity up during that. And, da, 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 and that was really strong. And I thought, I think it was completely selfish in a lot of ways because it was a means for me to have a, a, something else to focus on and to not be overwhelmed by the daily news figures and mm-hmm. becoming glued to Sky News and stuff. And other women might have done their woman up in a completely different way by being a fabulous homeschooler mm. when I was absolutely shit. <laughs> and other women might have done their woman up bit by, you know, taking meals to elderly neighbours and all the rest of it. I just, we've got to be careful not to assume that it looks like yeah. strength. Exactly. Because and, it, and it, I think it was just Because we were living
1: through I don't know if it was Lindsay, you might have said this to me. It's just, I think it was like, if you can get up in the morning and
0: brush your hair, you've achieved something. <laughs> yeah, But there's a, there is a lot of guilt, you know, I think, and I've said it myself to, um, you know, there's a mum in the schoolyard who just got a complete girl crush on and she's a palliative care nurse. And I've said wow. to her so many times, you know, and I've talked to her about, she's just literally been helping people die in that whole first mm. horrible wave in the care homes. And I've kind of been really really in awe of her and and she says exactly that back to me that it looks like different things for different people I'm speaking for for myself here I don't know how you two feel but I certainly was in a really nice cushy privileged position where really I didn't need to woman up all that much because I've got a nice life three healthy children a husband who's very supportive and all the rest of it there's probably a lot of women who we work with who would not have had that privilege to be able to go actually I need to look after my mental health today and back off you know some people have just been on that hamster wheel I think that's why, one of the reasons
1: why I wanted to do this project because and and set it in the northeast as well, because I wanted to tell those stories. Yeah. So the idea is to have, you know, a podcast of obviously this introduction that we're doing now and then to have response plays. Yeah. And the response plays is to all of the research, you yeah. know, all of the interviews and the workshops and, and, and all those kind of things. And the idea is, you know, we've we've took on well, obviously, me and Sarah are writing two of the plays, and then Olivia Hannah is writing the third play. We'd like to have written more, like Lindsay said before. We'd like to have interviewed more women, but obviously funding has stopped us If anybody us from doing would like
0: that. to give us any more, <laughs> yes. we've got more plays in us. There's there's absolutely ten yeah. more plays. In I'd like to employ more women
2: to write the yeah. plays yeah. as yeah. well. You know, we were lucky to get money from National Lottery Heritage Fund, which is great because one of the most important things is about making this. Part of our heritage and documenting it fairly, where it's interrogated, mm-hmm. what sort of happened, the experience for like women and pe- people who have lived experience of uh, female being a woman, but um, we also kind of went in for other funding bids and we weren't very successful. Georgiou, um the film she's making, she got money from Comic Relief and um, Groundworks. Yeah. So, but we needed more. Yeah. We <laughs> Do you always buy need them more, all. yeah. Um. To you know to just not just to create opportunities and jobs for people but to, to to interview people, to talk to people, to workshop with them. So we would absolutely love to have done more plays, yeah. Yeah. but we just I mean I think the thing is it's ongoing, isn't
0: it? This situation it can be, is definitely ongoing. so hopefully we can cover more in as as time goes on. Um I just wanted to ask you kind of as as we are getting to this point where people are saying oh you know life is getting back to normal whether you believe that or not what are your concerns now and and what do you think needs to happen and change at a governmental level at a societal level I know that's a huge question but is there anything that you that you think you'd love to see happen to to improve things for the better
1: I mean I read this amazing article and I reread it again last night by Eve Ensler who's like a women's right yeah, Yeah, yeah she's changed her name to V now
0: Oh, mm. I had missed that
1: one. Yeah, I follow her on Instagram. She's amazing. Right. Um, it's called Disaster Patriarchy. Okay. Um, how the pandemic has unleashed a war on women, and I feel like that's exactly what's happened. And I know that people might feel like that's very dramatic, <laughs> but it, it's true. Like it, it, if you look at the research from not just from the UN, Rosa um, Rosa Fund did a like a report about how the, the the pandemic had a massive impact on women's organisations yeah. in this country. Um, the Fawcett Society, I mean, there's been all of reports about disabled women being yeah. the, the affected and what's happened to them. She's interviewed loads of women, so she's kind of done what we've done, but in her way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's interviewed women worldwide, from Kenya to India. And it's been very similar, what's happened to them. Mm-hmm. You know, they've had their safety taken away from them, their security, you know, that they're economic safety if you like um financially they've been you know burdened as well um the carer roles that they've had yeah. to take on all those kind of things and i feel like <sighs> What can we do to change it? I think these projects are great. You know, funding these projects to yeah. let people know, so it highlights exactly what happened. Because I think a lot of people go, "Really, did that happen? Did that yeah. really happen? I can't believe that." Oh, well, you I've obviously.
0: seen just as many men lose their jobs as women. And, yeah, you know, until you've actually. So maybe after. funding
1: those kind, that kind of research at yeah. a university level, and you know, organisations doing that. But let's get back to the grassroots of these things. You know, yeah. fund these women's organisations like Newcastle Women's Aid, um, you know, and, and fund. These kind of organizations that are supporting women, don't don't you know take the funding away from them and expect them to do it. it very very for free. Yeah, for free or that kind of thing. Yeah, as well. Yeah. I think for me that would be really important. I think if you look at the NHS, you know it that could have could have done with a lot more funding. I mean I know it's done amazingly and the vaccine and um, you know vaccination programs being amazing, but. That's been because of the people who work for the NHS. Absolutely. You know, So I think funding's a massive thing, and funding the right organisations mm-hmm. as well.
0: Lindsay.
2: Um. Yes, it was. Um, exactly that. That for me is a problem. Like what needs to be taken and and looked at from this is just how quickly we kind of rolled back 50 years and mm. just default like it proved to me that patriarchy is default yeah. you know because it the minute the crisis hit straight away boom women are the ones expecting stay at home homeschooling do all the un, like unpaid labor again all the domesticated stuff um put their careers on hold or pause or sacrifice them their the work all together yeah um at the same time, you get another, like, basic health, basic health needs and stuff, like, you know, people's um, contraception or midwives appointments, all of that. Just, no, that can't happen because we've got this mm, okay. threat, which is understandable, it's hard to manage. But that really, for me, needs to be interrogated why we slid back that way. And if something like this happens again, like, it cannot go the same way for women. Yeah. Like, we really need to interrogate that. I don't know how we do that in a society that is so patriarchal anyway. Mm, yeah. Um, but that's for us, for me personally, why I want, we, we want this in a museum, you know, we want this accession so that when years and years, decades, generations come, people don't get this, oh, it was a time when everyone came together, came we, together. we yeah. all baked yeah. banana bread and had lovely family dos over Zoom. It's like, no, 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 it was harsh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> was people hard. have the, the, you know, real tendency to put on their rose-tinted glasses, do they, when they're looking at a period of history that... Mm-hmm. You know, it was unique.
2: Yeah. Or even letting, you know, the powers that be kind of wash it in other ways. Like, Absolutely. It was like, no, let's get some real voices documenting this yeah. and let's get it session somewhere Mm. where you know as a legacy people could say it forever go that was the truth of the time yeah and know where they are then hopefully they're not fighting this yeah same
0: thing yeah Um, hopefully school children
2: are going to be listening to this going god
0: i can't believe it was that tough
1: i was thinking like i want my daughter to be like yeah my mom went through that yeah Mm. you know like that kind of thing if i'm feeling like that that's what i want other like girls and the next generation and that's Mm -hmm. part of why we wanted kind of funding from the heritage fund because you know we want to kind of say this is exactly what happened i think also something that's really important to mention as well i think if if we're going to learn anything from this then it's we need to educate people yeah you know we need to educate boys young boys I know we've had we have these conversations because we've got two boys haven't mm. we because we can't ignore this explosion of violence mm-hmm. that's happened mm-hmm. globally to women not just you know this isn't just something that's happening in the. US this is happening even recently there's been another murder of a, a woman yeah. walking <laughs> walking home it's just we need to explore that and ask, and answer you know ask those questions why why is it happening yeah
0: dare I ask, <laughs> dare I ask anything positive that we can take f- from this e- hellish experience <laughs> for all of us? I mean, we personally don't...
2: or... <laughs> yeah, I, I can only think personally or individually. I can't mm-hmm. really think of anything collectively.
0: Uh, collectively, I I think what has happened within the general public is that there's a a, a better um appreciation for key workers and when i mm. think key worker yeah. i think mainly female <laughs> you know, because just you know they are they've been undervalued and underpaid for so long and the, the vast majority of our nursing mm-hmm. are you know women and the and finally people are you know standing up and saying, pay the teachers more, pay the nurses more, you Mm -hmm, know. mm -hmm, Pay carers mm more. Pay mm -hmm. carers more, value unpaid carers, again, the vast majority of whom are women. So that would be my, Mm -hmm. I know I'm clutching at straws, but (laughs) that would be my positive take. There are little
1: bits of positive stories that have come out um, through some of the research. I feel like there's been... A push towards some of the women talked about feeling like they wanted to be more politically active. Definitely,
0: and I was I've like, got "Wow!" Friends really? who mm. suddenly, if I'd asked them two years ago who the prime minister was, they would have been like, "Theresa somebody," and now they're you know, they I'm not going to say that they're right on, but they are you know interested and engaged because they've realised that it affects them even if they don't really want to be interested in it.
1: Yeah. I feel like um, I value my relationships more. Massively one per like personal positive and I have to say this, is that I had a, a healthy yeah, little <laughs> girl. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, and see, there's loads of positives <laughs> so, yeah. they're coming out. Yeah, fast now. I'm um, gonna have to mention. I nearly <laughs> forgot. There, I was thinking. Imagine that is this huge. is in a museum, <laughs> and her grandchildren go and listen to this, and and, oh, and never like, mentioned you, she mustn't, she mustn't,
0: she mustn't blame you, you. Think I should mention? My, oh,
1: they're, they're all right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, you know, and. She is just an absolute gem, and I think she has gotten me through the really dark mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. I, I do feel like there's been a massive loss. I, I do feel that's what came out of the research. You know, I've been the person who's kind of read all the surveys. I think over 80 women mm-hmm. answered the surveys. I've, in, I've listened to all the interviews. You know, I've been in all the workshops, and, it, you know, I, I do feel like in the northeast. There was a huge loss, whether it was a loss of, you know, jobs. I was going to say financially, time, yeah, finance, issues. you know, those kind of things. Even down to kind of like stories coming out where you know miscarriages, those kind of things on their own. People women having to do that on their own. So the loss is a massive theme that's come out. Mm-hmm. Of this research, and I know we're talking about positives, but I cannot like end this without actually mentioning oh, that's the kind of thing that for me
0: and they come out in the pleas as well, of then.
1: course, yeah. Um, but it, it wasn't just I know because the whole pandemic was about loss, wasn't it? Because obviously people mm. were dying, but uh, for me, the research that we were looking at, you know, it's just the loss of just like you say, people their mental health yeah. it could be anything you know there was there was a some stories of a real heartache that mm-hmm. came out of it mm-hmm. um and yeah, there was some positives where people kept saying that they, that, you know, I actually thought there was going to be loads of stories. Um, this is what was really surprising to me. Loads of stories of people saying, I hated my husband and I left him. But actually, <laughs> there wasn't. Yeah. There was actually more stories of people going, I, you know what, I kind of fell back in love or I appreciated yeah. my partner a yeah. lot more. I don't get me wrong, there was a lot of resentment for pregnant women for their partners because they were sick of their lives, <laughs> um, including me. Um, but no, I, I think, Again, again, it goes back to that relationship. If you were
0: lucky enough to be in a good relationship yes. or a good strong family unit, then possibly they probably got stronger. But uh, you know, as we've seen, there's far too many people who were on the other side of that coin. Well, that was a lovely chat. <laughs> <laughs> Worky Ticket Theatre Company is proud to present three brand new audio response plays and a short film, all inspired by our research and written, performed, directed and produced by women from the Northeast. Woman Up has been funded by the National Lottery Heritage Fund. The podcasts are presented by me, Sarah Hughes, produced by Worky Ticket and edited by Studio 26.